Hello, hello, and welcome back to A Pinch of Honesty. We have returned. <laughs> um, you may be noticing that I sound a little husky. That's right. Uh, it's cold time. I caught a cold, and now I'm on I'm on two weeks here. This is two weeks of having this cold. Um, I was on travel. I got back. And actually, on travel, I could kind of tell that I was getting sick. Um, I was tired and just not quite myself. And then I got home and of course, um, I am sick. And my daughter who also had the cold, um, was sick for two days, right? So two days, I'm at two weeks here. (laughs) Just, it seems like it's par for the course. Um, Memorial Day weekend just occurred. We were going to go camping. And for some of you who've been following the cast for a while, you know that um, on one of our last big kind of backcountry camping trips, we kept getting flat tires. And this time it was like insult to injury, right? Um, A mile in and we had a flat tire. And so we just changed the flat, turned around and drove to my in-laws place where we sat by the pool and drank margaritas because it was like, why, why tempt fate? Why do this to ourselves? You know, um, in other news, um, work has been stressful for me, like um, stress and and directions that have caused me a bit of pause, right? Like a bit of a bit of questioning. Um, and I will say that I think quite a bit of my internal musings from all of this, or my internal consternation has come from the fact that our beloved piano teacher has passed away, right? So 97, I think I did record about the fact that she um, had an accident and fell and broke her neck. And, and it was kind of a quick, it was a quick handful of weeks from there to when she passed. And grief is such a bizarre, it's a bizarre place to be, right? Um, because the grief over one person isn't ever really about one person. It's about loss as a whole. And, you know, you lose one person and it brings up the loss of the previous five people, or maybe somebody who's in your life who's sick. And it's like, you feel this, this deep well of grief just towards everything. And I think in our society, we have a tendency to be kind of like, get up and over it. Or that person's just sad all the time. Or, you know, like, like we have a tendency to um, minimize this feeling, this feeling of grief and for me anyways, um, which by the way, the crazy thing is, right? Like I, I haven't actually cried over Lois's death since the funeral, which was uh, side note, bizarre and, and fantastic um, both at the same time, which, which I'll, I'll cover in a second, but um, <laughs> right. So it's been, it's been, you know, a week since I've cried over Lois And it's not that I'm crying over Lois, right? I mean, she was 97. She had a magnificent life. She was full of life, even up until the end. Um, And that's, but it's grief. 
and it's how, it's how we process grief. And so what I really wanted to say about it was that we need to be more open to how people process and how people, um, feel what they feel. Right. Um, Zoe has only cried, you know, once over it. She cried more over the chicken that we put down than Miss Lois. And when I've talked with her about it, um, it was mostly because we had to physically put the animal down. It was, it was the visual of actually physically killing something that was really hard for her. And for Lois, you know, she keeps reminding me that Lois had a magnificent life, right? Um, and so also seeing all this through her eyes has just been kind of interesting, right? So Lois having, you know, really grown up during the great depression, um, always, it was like you walked into her house and it was always coffee. Do you want a cup of coffee? Do you need coffee? She always had coffee on. She had instant coffee. Um, she had a coffee pot, you know, where she just, you know, let coffee brew until it was like got rut. Um, and, um, she always wore purple. Purple was her favorite color. And so, um, her family had put her ashes in a percolator, um, a brand new percolator, not a used one <laughs> wrapped in, um, wrapped in like, um, purple lace. It was, it was so apropos and so fitting, so fitting for her. It, it, it was, that was beautiful. It was like a beautiful, a beautiful nod. I will say, however, that, um, she went to a church that was very much um, kind of like an evangelical church. And so her service was a worship of God, not really a remembrance of Lois. And um, that made it less emotional for me. I actually think that if it had been um, an open mic where people had talked about her, I would have been in tears the entire time, not being able to stop. Um, but that's not what it was. And so, um, having it be more of a service meant that it was less personal for me and less, less cry worthy. <laughs> um, anyway, so that's why it was kind of a funky, a funky memorial, you know, in that, it, that it, it didn't tug at my heartstrings nearly as much as I think it could have or would have had it been more of like an open mic. Um, it's sad for me because, you know, the last time we saw her in person, not on the phone, but the last time we saw her in person for her, my daughter's last lesson, um, my daughter had talked about teaching her how to swim this summer. Um, and knowing that she will never get that chance um, is sad for me. It's sad, even though she was 97. I get that she was 97. So um, recognizing that, you know, I've been kind of in this this boat of grief and that, um work has been a bit stressful, trying to manage things, trying to find a good balance, um, working with some folks recently who I don't normally work with, who are a bit harder to work with, um, and recognizing that, um, I'm think I'm getting to the point in my career where I don't have to do it all. And I don't want to do it all. And in some cases, I think it's actually a detriment to the team to try to do it all it has been kind of eye opening for me. So actively going through and um, saying no to some things has been has been kind of liberating. Also drawing some firm boundaries. Um, I don't think we talk about boundaries enough. Me and you, Pod, we need to talk about boundaries. <laughs> um, I think having some firm boundaries is a really, really healthy thing. And um, 
I honestly don't think don't think we can we can draw them enough to make ourselves happy and to make others around us happy, right? So um, I'm all for it. I'm I'm absolutely all for it. So um, I have vacation coming up, right? My birthday's coming up. Um, I have I have you know work travel coming up. Um, I, I see the summer is speeding by like a bullet and yet still trying to kind of hold on to it. Um, and so I'll get on here, you know, kind of when I can and keep you up to date, up to speed on where we're at. Um, I did pull out my, my nightmare before Christmas tarot deck. Oh, while I'm shuffling them, I wanted to cover. I love sci-fi and I love Stargate. Stargate is my probably number one sci-fi show of all time. Fireflies up there, but it doesn't have the depth as Stargate. Stargate, you know, had Stargate Atlantis, Stargate Universe, uh, Stargate. Oh, I love Stargate. Um, but while at the in-laws' house, there was a show on. You can hear me shuffling, shuffling, shuffling. There was a show on on aliens, and in particular, that the U.S. government actually had a program called Stargate, which I'm guessing is where um, the name probably came from. It was a classified program. I think uh, it was uh, released in 1992. I want to say. Um, and it was basically where they used people who used tarot cards or said they could predict the future to try to help with intelligence um, briefings, right? Like, so what was going to happen in the world? And they eventually got rid of it when they said, you know, basically nothing had ever come to fruition. However, there was something interesting that they covered, which was that basically the mind goes into a different state when it's in um, REM sleep, right? Which, of course, we all know. But that there's certain tones and there's certain meditation practices that can put you in that exact same state um, and can activate the same portions of the brain. And in particular, they were saying, you know, five hertz is about the sound that actually stimulates this in your brain. So um, I'm going to test out meditating with earbuds in and listening to something at five hertz. So I will keep you posted on my own, my very own Stargate <laughs> um, practice, right, to see what actually happens when I get there. So all right. I'm thinking of each of you. Um, I'm thinking of you out there uh, on vacation. I'm thinking of you out there working hard. I'm thinking of um, each and every one of you. And we have pulled the ace of presence in reverse. So let's see what the ace of presence in reverse actually has to say. Um, all right. Potions, needles. Of course, after I cry, I just want to sniffle. I'm not going to sniffle for you. I, I feel like that's kind of rude. All right, in reversed. If you're presented with an opportunity that sounds too good to be true, take time to examine it carefully. Things may not be as great as they initially seem. Be discerning and remember, it's okay to decline any offer that doesn't feel like the right fit for you. Oh my gosh, it's like when the cards speak to you, right? I just said boundaries and drawing lines and declining things and... What do we get? We get the ace of, of presence in reverse. So take some time, take some time, my pod, and think about your mental health. Think about what you really want to do. Um, and it's okay to say no. It is absolutely okay to say no. So with that, um, I will catch you on the flip side.